Welcome to Curious Coworkers, a responsibly different talk show exploring the challenges that arise when our interests conflict with our values. In this episode, Brittany and I were excited to dig more into traveling. It feels like something we always just book to get us from point A to point B without much thought. Well, Brittany took her travel experience one step further in getting ready to head down to Champions Retreat this week, which we recorded this uh, about a couple of weeks ago. So but by the time you're hearing this, we will be at Champions Retreat, which is really exciting. Anywho, we're really excited to share with you here what our research led us to learn. I hope you learned something from this episode, as I know both of us did, and we can't wait until we get back from Champions Retreat to fill you in on everything new and exciting happening in the land of B Corps. Hey, Ben. Hey, Brittany. So I'm super excited to talk to you about my travel plans for getting down to Champions Retreat. I don't know if you've thought about it yet, but... It was kind of a big, daunting task for me to think about. I, I will own that I truthfully didn't give it too much thought because I'm going to need my vehicle while I'm down there because I'll be visiting friends up in Allentown and down in Philly. And so, ah, yeah, nope, I definitely didn't give it as much thought. Okay, well, can I share with you kind of the thought process I went through? Absolutely. Great. Okay, so I don't need my car. I don't have a ton of travel plans other than... After we go to Philly, I want to go to D.C. and see some friends. But I don't really need to go anywhere that, like, public transportation can't take me on. So I'm this, like, free spirit in a way of, like, how I get to Philly is totally up in the air and how I get home is totally up in the air. So it made me think, time is not a factor here for me. You know, I work at this awesome company and they're just like, yeah, your travel down Champions Retreat is like on us. So get down there, however. So I'm not worried about my time. So when I first started to think about getting to Philly, I was like, oh, what are my options? Do I take a plane? Do I drive? Or do I do I take a train? And when you think about your time, plane obviously feels like the fastest, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know, though. Sometimes you're sitting around in a waiting forever and then they cancel and they reset. So I don't mean in theory, yes. On paper, yes. Wait, so I actually love that you brought that up because when I was doing my research and I was trying to figure out, like, is a plane faster than a train? It's not. Because when I factor in my drive to the airport, the amount of time that I have to spend waiting for a security check and waiting for the plane and then potentially, like, delays of the plane – And then getting there and then getting off the plane, waiting for my checked bags, then getting from the airport into the city. All of these things factor in to actually make a plane slower. So it would be faster for me to take a train down to Philly than it would for the plane, although the plane flight itself is only something like an hour long. Mm. I suppose it would. I mean, like if we think to scale, though, right, like if we think about people listening who might be going, I mean, to Champions Retreat or somewhere else. I, you know, I would think that, you know, if I were going to L.A., right, I mean, plane's going to be faster for sure, right? Right. I mean, for maybe some of these longer ones, but. But again, for locally, yeah. 
I mean, locally, it might make more sense. And hopefully, I mean, we have passed some bills recently that our train stations and railway people have gotten more support from the federal government. So hopefully we in the U.S., because our rail system is definitely behind, but hopefully in the U.S., our rail system starts to become a little bit more invested in so that we can have these longer haul routes where Mm. we can get across the country a little bit faster. But everywhere says like, yeah, upgrades are badly needed in the U.S. on our railways. That makes sense. I believe that for sure. Okay, so then I started to think about a train as a little bit more of an option for me to get to Philly. Mm-hmm. And some things that I'm really excited about is like, sure, I'm going to be on the train. I think it was six hours. But I get to sit back and like truly relax for those full six hours. Like I don't have to stress out about is my plane late? I don't have to worry about like, where's my ticket? Did I make it through security? What happened to my bags? Like all of that stuff is done and checked off like right at the beginning. And I just sit back on this train for six hours and like I can look out at the scenery. I can see more places than I would have seen from a plane. And I can also like get work done or binge like a a really awesome netflix show you know yeah because they have wi-fi on the on the train right they do and i get really bad car sick so a car also kind of was like out of the question for me because i would get so car sick doing that but a train's nice and easy and i can work i could read i can watch a movie whatever so i'm super excited for that point of view as well that's awesome I love that. But then some other things that I learned about the train and like maybe more environmentally focused. Mm. I had no idea that train companies recognize that trains have an environmental impact and they specifically work to reduce their greenhouse emissions. And since 2012, Amtrak, which is the largest U.S. train railway system, they've reduced their greenhouse gas, gas emissions by 17% since 2012 i thought that was pretty awesome yeah i mean i feel like any progress is good progress right like it's right you know because i think the other thing too is especially now like so many folks are like we have a goal and you're like well that's i mean that's good right like goals are important it's important to have goals i'm a big believer in goals and if you're not making progress towards them you know show me how you're going to reach that goal Right, right. And it sounds like, you know, and I don't know what their goals are, but it sounds like, I mean, the fact that they're making progress is, I mean, that's really exciting. Right. I agree. Okay, so then here's another fun fact that I thought was super cool. So I learned that high-speed rail travel is powered by electricity, not fuel. So that, to me, coming from my clean energy background... If rail travel, if high-speed rail travel is using electricity, there's a really large hope that might happen in the future where high-speed rail travel could be powered by renewable energy. If it's already being powered by electricity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then you have the infrastructure to plug into, right? With renewables. Exactly. Exactly. That's really exciting. Okay. And then, again, comparing my train travel to potentially a car travel, another fun fact that I found was that- this is where I get really curious because I will own, I will own, okay, this is where I really struggle with transportation. I am somebody who loves to drive. Like, I find a road trip very therapeutic. I sometimes, if I'm just having a tough time, I'll just like go for a drive. You know, like I just, 
I mean, I have a very, you know, I have a plug-in hybrid car, which again, could be totally electric and it's not. I'm not perfect. Right. But I love to drive. I love to drive. And so I'm so cu- I'm so curious to hear what you what you uncovered about driving versus all these other okay. things. Well, so all right, so this stat is coming from Save a Train. And they say that a typical train line can carry fifty thousand people an hour, whereas a freeway lane can only handle twenty five hundred people an hour. So if we're talking about single person impact on the environment. All humans have a footprint and have an impact Mm -hmm. on the environment. The sooner that we realize and wake up to that, the sooner that us as humans can acknowledge that, like, we need to make steps towards being better. And by, I believe that by traveling by train, I'm traveling with more people in this train. More people will move per that hour. So I think that my train travel is going to have the smallest impact on the environment, which is ultimately what I'm here for. I don't have a time constraint. And I just think that this train's going to be really luxurious. <laughs> I'm actually really excited to hear about that experience. We might, well, we might have to do like a follow up on what your train experience was because I don't know, maybe I'll start taking day trips to Boston just to ride the train. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we don't need to get crazy now and just travel to travel. <laughs> I well, you know, it also makes me curious um, about flight too. Right. I mean, again, my default is to drive a car over flying one out of just personal preference um, because I love to drive. But there are those moments like, again, if I'm trying to get across the country, you know, I lived out in Portland, Oregon for a bit and there's no quick way to drive across the country. <laughs> Believe right. me, I've tried, um, you know, and really trying to understand the impact of air travel on you know versus a car because sometimes i think that sometimes i wonder right because a plane can hold i don't i mean i would imagine a few hundred folks Mm. whereas my little car has got me in it you know just one little human Mm. um and that you know does it all shake out um and so i I dug into that a little bit okay um and it was really actually interesting what i found i think everyone kind of knows right that like and uh, so i'll speak for myself I, prior to doing this digging, just knew just because of like being in this space that planes are the worst way to travel. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have told you why. Like, obviously, it's a lot of emissions. Obviously, it's an insane amount of jet fuel. Those all feel pretty like, like straightforward and kind of like cards on the table. Right. Yeah. But I was like, but really, why? Like, like, how much fuel are we talking? Like, how much per person? Like, what? Like, what is actually the impact? Because it's not like it's just one person in the plane. Right. So anyway, all this to say, this was really interesting. So. Aviation alone accounts for at least 2% of global carbon emissions. That was of 2018. And the most common concern with airplane travel is, of course, the carbon emissions and the air pollution that it causes. What was really interesting, though, is that 25% of a plane's total fuel is actually consumed during takeoff, which is kind of mind-blowing. And then, of course, yeah. you know, while in flight, you've got a lot of gas, too. But Because then I'm thinking, like, oh, like... You know, taking your example of getting to Philly from New Hampshire, it's not that far. I'm like, oh, would a flight to Philly actually be that bad? Because it's really not that far. But knowing that 25% of the total plane's fuel is happening at takeoff, Mm. you know, like, yes, of course, if I'm going to fly to the West Coast, I'm going to fly to L.A. or Seattle or wherever, like, yeah, it's going to be a lot more fuel involved than flying to Philly. 
but flying the Philly still has a significant impact, right? Because of the the takeoff there. Uh, and then the other really interesting thing, um, which I don't know, Britt, do you ever look up at up at planes and see the kind of trail that they leave behind? Always, always, always as a kid. Have you ever like wondered about it? I mean, like, yes, but I have no idea what it is. I get like, is it just like bubbles in the air that like the plane shoots out air into more air? I don't know. So I will say myself as a kid and I guess up until like I learned this, um, I always thought that those trails were like condensation or water, right? Condensing off of the way it hits the wings or something. And I do think that there's some of that that is happening. Uh, but a huge part of the trail is actually chemical residue that contains particulates and nitrogen oxides that are harmful substances for humans to breathe and have been linked to lung cancer, which is pretty wild. So in the case of planes, it's not just the carbon dioxide. It's all of these other chemicals that are being released that are far more harmful and impacting air quality and uh, people's health, which I'm sure also impacts other. Well, so then doesn't that make you think a little bit more about the neighborhoods that we always see surrounding airports? And like those neighborhoods have to, by default, have lower air quality, which then makes you like think a little bit more about like, what are we doing to protect the people that live right next to airports if there's all this chemical coming out of these airplanes and especially if 25% of the plane's fuel is used right at takeoff, like that's extra harmful, right? For those neighborhoods that are living around the airports. Yeah, that is super real. And I guess like brings in like the whole full circle of, you know, the intersectionality of all of this, right? That like environmental right. justice is social justice. I think this is right. a great example of that for sure. Okay. So because I love doing this, I love little neat lists in my head and I'm always making them. My A few takeaways that I'm learning is like, if we're going to travel, if we're going to travel, we should extend our travels and make our vacations a little bit longer. And we should always be flying direct because I don't want to be taking multiple plane flights and having that much fuel just in takeoff. So multiple multiple plane flights is like a thing of the past, saving money on like the layovers, thing of the past for me. Direct flights – and my vacations are now just going to be longer, Ben. I got to tell you, I got to make the emissions that I use up on these plane trips like worth it. So long trips are in my future. <laughs> I, I support that. I feel like that's, that's good logic. Make the most of it. Absolutely. And then here's one for you. I know that in a past episode, you mentioned that like you always are carrying around silverware with you wherever you mm-hmm. go. I mean, one mm-hmm. could argue that like when you leave your house, you're traveling to like walk around the city and you... I mean, we went out for dinner once and you had your silverware with you even just in Portland. So again, like being around you, I know that you always have a reusable water bottle. But last year I went to Turks and Kinkos and I got to say, like, I was a little skeptic about drinking their water. I didn't know if it was safe to drink. And a friend recently told me that I could have I could be bringing a portable water filter if I wasn't sure that the water was safe to drink. And I was like, that's a great idea. Like oh my God, I should go one step further. I should always bring a reusable water bottle if I know that the water is safe to drink. And if it's not, I could have a better impact by not buying plastic water bottles, saving them for the people that need them. And I could bring a water purifier with me 
And then maybe I leave it for somebody who needs it when I travel because I don't need to bring it back home. Mm. Or, yeah, or it just becomes part of your travel kit, you know? Right. Like, so that you just always have it to travel with. Because I feel like a lot of those filter, I mean, like I have one for backpacking and I don't know, those I mean, it can filter a ton of water before you have to replace them. Right. But then I could have a a positive impact on the community that I'm, that's letting me visit them and leave something behind that's useful for them. Yes. Yes. Being very generous. Yes. I think that, yeah. Um, And then speaking of local communities when you are traveling, so one thing that I always do that I wanted to just share with people since we're talking about travel and planes and trains and getting places, have you ever been on vacation where you have somebody lead a group tour for you? Didn't you take one with the mm. with your cruise when you got off? Uh, the we islands? did an excursion. Yeah, we did. We had an excursion that was that was led. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So I've never done a whole vacation that was like directed, though. So can I ask, why did you think to do that excursion? I mean, truthfully, I'm a huge history buff and I really wanted to see some of the Mayan ruins in Mexico. And it was the only it was the only way to see them. Yeah. <laughs> was you well, had to do a tour. It was like the only like the only safe way to, to, you know, there was no other option to see them aside from taking a tour. OK, so, Ben, you just actually hit on the exact point that I wanted you to without telling you that I wanted you to hit on this point. But if you use local tour groups to plan your excursions, your day trips, whatever you call them, your vacations, using those local tour groups, you can have less of a carbon footprint on the local community because those tour groups take the extra time to ensure that trips are supporting the local economy, are Mm. having less of an impact. They're doing – they're getting there the fastest way by car or they're thinking about like how your travel can be more efficient. They're telling you exactly what you need to know. And you as like the traveler, you don't have to plan as much and stress about all of the different pieces that you don't know being in this space. They're the experts in the community, so you can just trust them. So that's my small little pitch for like when you travel, instead of planning out your whole entire vacation to the T, like find local tour groups and use them because they're working hard to make sure that you're leaving less of a footprint. Yeah. And actually that I, I will say that tour was pretty clutch because not only did we get to see the ruins and um, the guide was actually of Mayan descent himself. So like he was sharing with us some of like his experiences and like in his culture and what some of the history meant to him, which was really powerful. Mm. And then to your point of like supporting local economy, they brought us to a local uh, chocolate chocolatier where I was able to buy a, delicious uh chocolate alcoholic beverage i don't oh it was a chocolate margarita which was amazing um and and also they had a whole now you know is every single tour you're going to take do this probably not but i thought this was super awesome they also while i was there at that chocolate place they had a whole bunch of statistics and information about their impact on the environment and on like like I, I almost was like oh my gosh are these folks a b corp because like they like they were doing a great job of giving actual facts and not just like greenwashing it was like it, it was very well done i was very impressed um and it was a great experience and then they took us to a beach and then you know i didn't have to think about anything but like drinking my chocolate margarita and hanging out with my nephews and splashing around in the water which was which is a great, great segue back to why I will be sitting on my train traveling down to Champions Retreat in Philadelphia this year.
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We appreciate you taking the time to be here. In the show notes for this episode, Brittany and I made sure to link to all the great articles that helped us learn all the facts that you hear us talk about in this episode. Wondering what Champions Retreat is? Well, you can check out the show notes to learn more or wait until the next episode of Curious Coworkers where we will break down the whole conference and share with you our experience. As always, we want to hear from you, especially if you're here at Champions Retreat. Definitely look us up. We'd love to meet you in person uh, and say hello. Um, If you're not here at Champions Retreat, still drop us a line. If you have thoughts on this episode or any episode uh, or just looking to connect, please reach out to both Brittany and I at content at dirigocollective.com. That's content at D-I-R-I-G-O collective.com. You can also leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts or write us on Spotify. Helps other folks just like yourself find this content, uh, which we certainly appreciate. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all the ways that you ripple out into the universe. We appreciate you. Until next time, be responsibly different. This episode was hosted and produced by yours truly, Ben Marine and Brittany Angelo. We purchased this music from the amazing B Corp Marmoset Music. You can check them out at marmosetmusic.com. To learn more about us, visit responsiblydifferent.com. And to learn more about our parent company, visit dirigocollective.com. <laughs>